0: Jake Asman and Dan Budick break down the world of sports right here, right now, on VIC Radio.
1: It's us. It's the Asman and Budick Show. Taking you till midnight right here on VIC Radio. Jake Asman alongside Dan Budick. whole lot to get you on the program. Giants-Patriots today, rematch of the two Super Bowls those two teams played in. And, of course, the rest of the NFL Week 10. Peyton Manning benched today. A lot of things to get to. And we'll get to the Knicks later on in the show too, Dan. I know they've been playing well. They won again today.
0: Really tremendous. For the so Knicks. for the Knicks, Chris Sastorzingas. I mean, the Knicks.
1: The Knicks have five wins. You know what their record was last year when they got the five wins? Five and thirty-six.
0: No, nah, I mean they've been much better. And, and Chris Sastorzingas. All the talk was he's not ready. He's not physical enough yet. He hasn't come into his body. Uh, type that he's going to be as an NBA player. He's been tremendous. And how was your NFL Sunday? It was great. It was uh, a fun Sunday. You know, less stressful this Sunday. No Jets, obviously, with them. Well, the stress was Thursday well, the night. the stress was Thursday. I still have
1: scars on Thursday it night. Was,
0: uh, it was a brutal loss. There's no doubt about it. It was a terrible loss on Thursday night. But, you know, got to sit back and enjoy the uh, the games on today.
1: And certainly there were some good ones. Uh, the Giant game and Patriot game came down to the wire, came down to a final second field goal, a 54-yarder by Guskowski, that he was able to knock through. The uprights, Giants had so many chances to try and win that game, and they couldn't get it done at the end, and we'll be able to break it all down, but I think you look at this NFL Sunday, and the game the game of the day had to be the Giants. I mean, you look at these two teams, you know, the Giants trying to make the Patriots lose for the first time this season, and they were right there, a couple plays there, here or there, and they win this game, and that's got to be very frustrating if you're a Giants fan. Because the Giants had several plays, especially at the end when they dropped an interception by Collins. And of course, they had Brady in a fourth and 10 spot as well, and he was able to convert on it. So for the Giants, they had their opportunities. They just could not make that one play that would have put the Patriots away.
0: No, well, like the Collins interception really would have been the icing on the cake, and, and they just couldn't do it. He fell hard on his shoulder, couldn't get the job done, and you know they get the Patriots to fourth and ten, and they're not able to close the door. So uh, again, tough loss for the Giants. I, I, they played a heck of a game, you know, against a team that scores points at will. A team the Giants have issues in the secondary, and what do they do today? You know, they are able to, to, to stay neck and neck with the with the undefeated Patriots and really give them a game.
1: Yeah, no question about that. And You look at how Tom Brady played. It wasn't his best game today. The Giants got him at the right time. Brady fumbled late in that fourth quarter, and the Giants didn't get any points out of it. That, I thought, was a huge play in the game. I shouldn't say late in the fourth quarter. There was still about 13 minutes left in the game, but a big play in this one. It was 23-17. Giants force a fumble, and then Eli Manning on the ensuing drive takes a bad sack, and that backs the Giants up. It puts them on a the spot where they get no points out of it. Next drive, Patriots get that big score by Rob Gronkowski, over 70 yards, and the Patriots took the lead, and it was a lead that they nearly never gave back until the Giants scored again, and Tom Brady did his thing. But if the Giants get at least a field goal there after after that fumble that their defense was able to force, they go up at least two scores. I think that is where this game started to shift back towards the Patriots. I know the Giants ended up retaking the lead, But we said it even when we were watching this game. They left Brady way too much time, and we'll get to the poor clock management. But I really think this game started from that point where the Giants could have went up two scores, changing the entire complexion of the game, and they didn't do it. Eli took a bad sack, and they ended up having the punt back to New England.
0: Well, and I think another big drive was in that fourth quarter when the Giants were driving, and the drive they ended up taking the lead on uh, to to, to put them up by a point. Uh, My issue was the fact that they needed a touchdown there. You, you, you said you left Tom Brady too much time on the clock, only needing a field goal to not tie the game but win the game, which is what eventually happened. You needed to put a touchdown on the board and make this game a, a touchdown game and force the Patriots to score a touchdown. And then what what what, what would happen what, what would happen. And, but what the Giants did was they had to settle for a field goal. Manning rolled out, took the slide. And force the Patriots to use their final timeout, yes. But you left Tom Brady a minute and 48 seconds to drive down the field. And that's exactly what he did. And the Giants couldn't capitalize on the Collins interception. They he just couldn't hold on to it coming through the grab. And, you know, those little mistakes against Tom Brady, you give him that second life. And he, he's going to kill you. And, he, and we, we know enough, being Jet fans, and, you know, it bit the Giants today.
1: Well, two minutes left in the game. Two minutes and six seconds. Giants have first and goal. They throw a pass, and the pass was... What we thought might have been a touchdown to Odo Beckham Jr. Replay showed that was not a touchdown. I thought the NFL got it right. No way no, you can it call wasn't that a even touchdown. Close to touchdown.
0: I can't believe they called that a touchdown on the field. Both. Those judges were
1: right there to make the call. It was brutal. I mean, but you don't know what constitutes the catch in the NFL anymore in the first place. But I'll say this. You look at what the Giants did. They shouldn't have been throwing in that down situation anyway. They should have ran the football on first down, ran it to the two-minute warning, then ran it on second and goal and forced New England to use their final timeout. Then on third and goal, then you could take your chance through the end zone if you wanted to let Eli throw it. Or who knows, maybe when you run the ball on first and second down, you're so close to the goal line or you even score... It doesn't even come down to third down or fourth down when you eventually kick a field goal. So I thought the Giants really botched how they handled the end of that game. They left Tom Brady way too much time. He still had his timeout. If the Giants just ran the ball twice on first and second down, New England only would have had about a minute left. Instead, they had two minutes, and Tom Brady did what Tom Brady does. He made the Giants pay.
0: Well, and that's exactly what happened, And I had that, that big play downfield. Uh, again, with Collins, it just didn't happen, and that was a terrible throw by Brady, he undershot his man by a four or five yards, and that could have been the icing on the cake. And then they get the Patriots on the next play uh, to force a fourth down, fourth and ten. They allow the what exact ten yard gain? Looked like Amendola got right to the sticks uh, for a first down. And again, the Giants just didn't make that big play. Two plays on that opening, uh, that opening dr- on that final drive for the Patriots. Two plays in that first series, they could have ended it. With the pick, the fourth down play, they couldn't do it. And again, tough loss for the Giants. And they just didn't make enough plays at the end of the game to win. And you said the poor clock management. That comes down to coaching, and that's not the that's not the first time we've seen the Giants have poor clock management in the fourth quarter of a game this year. To go back to Dallas, Cincinnati, they they haven't been able not Cincinnati, Atlanta, excuse me. They haven't been able to finish games and, and do the right things at the end of the games as far as coaching and clock management wise to seal victories and it cost them today. They really should not have been throwing there, even though Odell Beckham Jr. almost had the catch. He didn't, and it cost the Giants.
1: Well, you're absolutely right. And you look at what the Giants did at the end of this game. They still could have won, even despite the poor clock management. You're right, Dan. Fourth and ten, the the Patriots are able to convert and get a first down, keep the drive going. And then we saw it with the Landon Collins missed interception. That was in his hands. And I know it's a tough play. He's a defensive back, but when the ball hits you in your hands and there's no one else around you, it's a tough play because it was coming off a, a deep bomb, and he's not used to catching you know balls that hit him in the chest in an NFL game. That usually does not happen where the interception is so easy you drop it. But that was the case for the Giants and Landon Commons. Landon Collins, excuse me, blew the opportunity in front of him to end that game right there. But another thing that killed the Giants, even their last field goal, that was their fourth field goal of the day, you're not going to beat the New England Patriots by kicking field goals. The Giants' execution in the red zone today, not good enough. If you, if you want to beat a football team, that's now
0: 9-0. And I think one of the biggest things was, and we both looked at each other after the field goal by Brown to put them up by a point going uh, going the other way, and it, was just, it just seemed like... It just seemed like that Tom Brady was going to drive him down the field. You leave him a minute and 48 seconds against this giant secondary. And, yeah, it played decently today, but it sinks. We, we've seen them uh, perform throughout the season for the first eight, nine games of the season. They haven't played well. They played well today at times. But the bottom line is they couldn't make the big play to, to seal this win. And, and disappointing, I think, if you're a giant fan, uh, the fact that this game was winnable. It was really winnable at the back end of the fourth quarter. And, and they just couldn't do it. You know, Poor clock management, poor play call. Uh, as far as uh, throwing it on, fir- on first down there. on When you had the first down, you threw it to Odell Beckham Jr. in the end zone. Almost. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. Great play by Malcolm Butler, break- breaking that up. Ends up being the play of the game.
1: And for the Giants, so close, but yes, so far. They were right there in this one, but the better team won the football game, and that's why you have to be able to execute late in these games. You can't give Tom Brady extra time. You still can't give him his time out. And Brady, he was good today. He wasn't great. Two touchdowns, threw a pick. He had a fumble that the Giants recovered but didn't get any points out of. I think that was a huge play in the game, as we discussed earlier. Huge. There were several opportunities for the Giants today, but I think none bigger than at the end of this football game when Landon Collins dropped that interception. Because at the end of the day, despite all the mistakes mistakes. You can't give Tom Brady a second chance. I said it when we were watching this game together You know, in the late afternoon after that play happened. If you drop an easy interception on the game's final drive, Tom Brady's going to make you pay. And he did. And it wasn't just Tom Brady. Give credit to, uh, to Stephen Guskowski for hitting a 54-yard field goal. But he's such a good kicker. You expect him to hit that. And Tom Brady, once again, clutch when the game mattered. Water is wet. And the Patriots are not enough.
0: And big thing. And you don't usually see it. And we talk about this all the time. You lose the turnover battle, you're probably going to lose the game. Patriots turned over the ball twice today, twice. Giants none, and they lost the game because of the fact. Fact of the matter is, when they recovered that fumble at the Patriots' 30-yard line, they couldn't get points, and that's got to be so frustrating as a fact that you get a guy that hasn't turned over the ball at all this year. He turned it over twice, and one time deep in his own zone, and you have a chance to get points out of it, and they weren't able to do it, and that's got to be frustrating. If you're the Giants, if you're a Giant fan, the fact that you had opportunities to take advantage of rare mistakes by Tom Brady and you couldn't do it, and if you are, if you were being able to, if you could have done it, you probably win this football game. You know, couple of decisions, the Giants, a couple of plays the Giants could have made, should have made, they didn't make, and it cost them. Uh, I thought, th- you know, I agree with you. I don't think Tom Brady played great today, uh, but you know, when it mattered the most he was on the money in that fourth quarter. I mean, he, the guy is unreal. He was great. He, he's phenomenal. He was
1: great. And you, he's unreal. And the Giants, they had their chances. But let's, let, once again, the Collins interception kills them, but they also, in that same drive, they still had them at first and ten, and they were in a situation where the game was in range for them to have a chance to win it. Yeah, it was I, right there. Absolutely. They make a couple of plays, they win the game.
0: Absolutely. It wasn't
1: like good. the Patriots are the better team today. I mean, they are on paper, obviously, and I still think the Patriots are a better team overall. No one's saying they aren't, but... For at least today, the Giants went toe-to-toe with them. And if they made a play here, a play here, we just outlined it, they get a win. And now they go into the bye, you know, instead of being 6-4, and, and now you're 5-5. Five and five.
0: Let me ask you, we always say all the time, and there's no such thing as a moral victory. Was it a moral victory today for the Giants? I
1: think it's too early in the season to be thinking about moral victories. I think if you're the Giants and you're in a weak uh, NFC, a big win today to put you at 6-4 and would have been huge. Especially with the Eagles losing. And especially with um, the Redskins who uh, won today over the um, the New Orleans Saints, it would have been huge for the Giants to win. Keep pace in that division.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I agree with that. I wouldn't say a moral victory, but I, I think definitely you weren't, as a Giant fan, you weren't expecting them to win this game. But when you are in a position you are to win this football game, you got to win it. And it's tough. You know, Patriots are a great team. They're 9-0. They're not 9-0 for, for it's not a fluke. They're a great football team. But the Giants should have won this game, and they just didn't make enough plays at the end uh, to seal the victory. And, it, I, you know, if you're a Giant fan, you're frustrated because, once again, you know, for it seems like for the third or fourth time this season, a couple of poor decisions, poor play calling, uh, poor clock management cost the Giants in the fourth quarter. And, and, listen, you know, they're lucky they're in a division that really is up in the air. I mean, you're talking about three or four games the Giants have choked up this year. And that just can't be the case. you got to be able to finish. If you want to make the playoffs in the National Football League and you want to be a championship contender, you've got to be able to finish these games off. The Giants haven't been able to do it all year, and and um, it, it cost them. And here's an interesting interesting stat uh, Connor Weingarden just gave us. Giants have five losses this season in four of them. They had a lead with two minutes or fewer in the fourth quarter,
1: and that's the difference between a team that's seven and two and a team that's five and five. And that's where the Giants are right now. They're a five and five football team. Well, that's
0: what I say. When you when you when you have four when you have five losses and four of them you had a lead with two minutes uh, two minutes ago or, or fewer. I mean, come on, you gotta win those games. They weren't able to do it. And once again today, you know, a couple. Of, it, it's not. It's subtle mistakes they make. You know, not go, you know not taking not running the ball there and forcing the Patriots to use their final timeout when they did or. You know, a few just poor decisions, a few poor plays, and, you know, the landing Collins dropping that interception. You know, I understand it's a tough play. It's a play you've got to make. It's a gimme from Tom Brady. And when the, those don't come around at all, so often. Tom Brady doesn't give you gimmies in the secondary, and he gave the Giants one, and they couldn't take advantage of it, and it would have sealed the win.
1: And even before that, not scoring any points after Tom Brady, who never turns the football over, actually fumbled the football, the Giants got it. They are already pretty close to field goal range, and then Eli Manning takes a bad sack with 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Still plenty of time in the game, but let's say the Giants kick a field goal and they go up 26-17. All of a sudden, it's a two-score game. You know, it changes everything, how you play down the stretch. And we know what happened. We said it earlier, Rob Gronkowski scores on the next drive. That big touchdown pass, bad tackling by Brandon Merriweather. And the rest is really history because when Tom Brady needed to make plays, he did, and the Giants had their chances, but they didn't get it done. They
0: couldn't get it done. And, and again, Eli, EY, EY was pretty good. You know, 24-44, 361. I thought Eli played really well. I thought he played a good game. And, you know, Odell Beckham catch 104 yards, and, you know, he got at the end of the game Odell. Well, he said, you know, I cost my team the game, obviously, with dropping and not being able to hold on to that touchdown pass. That was a great play by Malcolm Butler. You know, Malcolm Butler got beat up this game pretty good uh, in some areas, but he held Odell Beckham pretty good that play and, and was able to make a great defensive play. So I, I'm, not, I'm not ready to say Odell Beckham Jr. cost the Giants the game, but... You know, again, just a few little plays the Giants didn't make in the fourth quarter. Just, just it came up and bit them again in the in the rear. Well, and take a it's look. The first time this year. Well,
1: take a look at now the NFC standings. Giants at first place, even with the loss today, at five and five because the Eagles can't get out of their own way. They, they lost Sam Bradford. Mark Sanchez threw a couple of bad uh, turnovers. One of them was in the red zone. The Washington Redskins they won. They're now at four and five. And Dallas is at 2-7 because they lost again. So the NFC East is terrible, and the Giants could have really took a stranglehold of it if they won today and went to 6-4 and four going into the bye week.
0: And again, not a, t- a tough game to win, but when you're in a position to win it at the end of the game, you've got to be able to close it out. And the Giants just weren't able to do. It. And again, it's not the first. time, I keep saying it's not the first time this year that the Giants have not been able to finish games in the fourth quarter. This is becoming a habit where they have close leads at the end of the games, and they just can't close it out for uh, various uh, for various reasons. And and it's disappointing if you're a Giant fan, if you're if you're a New York Giant player. It's disappointing. It's frustrating. I mean, four wins, four games you are played could have gone the other way, and they didn't. You know, because of a uh, mistake here or there, so disappointing. Giants played a good game though. I did not expect them to be this tight uh, with the Patriots today. I really didn't. I didn't think. I thought they were going to get their butts blown out. No, I thought, I thought. I thought.
1: I thought the Giants might actually win this game today. I said it all week. I felt pretty confident but in the Giants. Did. Yeah, you did. I, I just had a good feeling about this game. I, I wasn't sure if they were going to win, but I thought it would be a lot closer than people thought, just because everyone was burying the well, Giants. What
0: was the spread coming in?
1: Uh, the Giants were. Uh, oh, I, mean, I think they were over they a touchdown underdogs I think one of our producers said seven and a half.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I really didn't think they'd be in. I, I did not think that their secondary would play as well as it did today. They, they did a good job. And listen, did. the Giants... Put, you know what? They put pressure on Tom
1: No, Brady. they didn't. JPP, I thought, played pretty well, all things considered. Had a couple sacks or a couple quarterback pressures anyway. But one thing I'll say about the Giants' defense, they're never going to be a, a great defensive unit, but they got to be opportunistic, and they were. And they forced a couple turnovers, and obviously the big turnover that they didn't force was at the end with Collins dropping that interception, that was really the game. If he makes that catch, I mean, game's going, over. Game Giants over. and the uh, Patriots undefeated streak. They they fall and lose for the first time. Instead, they find a way to get it done as they normally do. And you look at the Patriots schedule upcoming, and unless they're losing to the Jets when the Jets play them at MetLife, I'm not sure who they're going to lose to. Unless they just get upset by another team, they still have Denver, which could be a challenge. But we'll get to what Peyton Manning did in this in. And his performance today, he was awful at home the day he breaks Brett Favre's passing record, of course. But you look at their schedule, there's not many teams that you're looking at and saying, wow, I think the Patriots aren't going to win this game. They were going to be the favorites in every game the rest of the way. And unless it's the Jets, who always seem to play them well and could maybe sneak out a win against them, as they almost did earlier this year, I'm not sure who they're going to lose against. And I don't think this team is as good as the team that went undefeated 16-0 and in 2007, but I just don't think the NFL as a whole is as good as it was back then. And by default, the Patriots might go undefeated, we'll see.
0: Well, I agree with you. I think the, they're not as good as that team, obviously. Uh, but the league's not as good, and that's why I think they're going to go undefeated. I look at the rest of their schedule. They got the Bills on Monday night in New England. I can't see the Bills winning that game. I can't see Rex Ryan leading this team after the Jet game to beating the Patriots on the road. I, I can't see that happening. Then they got the Broncos in Denver, and I, I would have said a few weeks ago, "Oh, this is going to be a really tough game," but who knows what Peyton Manning? He was brutal today. And, you know, Brock Osweiler had to come in and relieve him. Who knows what's going to happen there. I guess that's a game they could lose. I don't think there's a chance they lose to the Eagles. No way they lose to the Texans in Houston. Then they got the Titans. You're right. The only game I could see them losing is when they go to the Jets on December 27th. And that's, that's it. And then they got the Dolphins at home. And then they got the Dolphins on the road. To They're going to be the, the favorites the in every game. I can't see them losing another game. Unless they lose to the Jets, I don't think they lose a the game. And it's not because <laughs> I'm a Jet fan. It's just because I look at the teams remaining on their schedule, and I realistically do not see a team beating the Patriots, okay, well, other than the Broncos. Maybe. But look how Peyton Manning's played. How can the how, I can't say for sure the Broncos are going to give them a fight with how bad they got killed today and how bad Peyton Manning. I mean, he was horrendous. He was awful.
1: Payton was terrible. And that was a game a couple of weeks ago we thought would be one of the marquee games of the NFL season. And especially after Denver started 6-0, and and then they lost to the Colts, and now Peyton Manning today couldn't throw a pass forward. It was that bad. He was Four awful. interceptions.
0: And he only completed five passes.
1: It, it, was, it was brutal. It was awful. Peyton Manning was as bad as I've ever seen Peyton Manning play. And this is the first time in his career he's ever been benched for performance reasons, where he, just he just played terrible.
0: And before we get to the update with Jake Chernock, who's coming in, I mean... It's, it's, you don't want to say this. Has got to be it for Peyton. I mean, it it's just it seems like he's either really good or really bad. There's really no in between. This year, he's either been really good. Well, or that really was bad. what
1: I was saying to people today. It's like you look at Peyton Manning, and some weeks he looks like he still has the ability to be a, an above-average NFL quarterback, and then today just he was awful. I mean, you can't say anything else. Peyton Manning was awful today against the Chiefs team that Denver always owns under Peyton Manning. They've won eight straight against the Chiefs since Peyton Manning has been a Denver Bronco, and today. He was awful. I mean, at one point, C.J. Anderson was their leading tackler because he kept tackling the guys that Peyton Manning was throwing the interceptions to on the other side of the field.
0: He was brutal. Peyton was absolutely brutal today. And it's, you know, oh, God. And Brock Osweiler. I mean, Brock Osweiler had to relieve Peyton Manning of his duties. Hey,
1: he played in the Super Bowl. Five
0: of 20, 35 yards, four interceptions for Peyton today.
1: But he played in the Super Bowl. Yeah,
0: Brock Osweiler played in the Super Bowl. 607-274-1842.
1: 607-274-1842. When we come back, we'll have an update from Jake Chernock, and then open up the phone lines and take your phone calls. This is the Azimuth of Beauty Show. We're on until midnight. We'll be back right after this. Unflippable, unflappable, unleakable. The Gustbuster is the only umbrella that won't flip inside out, rip, tear, or leak. Capable of withstanding winds over 55 miles per hour. All of our umbrellas are constructed of the finest quality materials and backed by a limited lifetime guarantee. What are you waiting for? Visit GusBuster.com and get your gustbuster today. You are listening to the Asman and Buted
0: podcast on ICTV.org and on iTunes. 607 274
1: 1842 if you want to get involved. Our first call tonight, Bruce out in Long Island. Bruce, what's going on?
2: Hey, how are you? What's going on, Bruce? I'm good. You guys are doing a great job. I mean, you guys are really covering it really well. Um, Thanks, Bruce. I, I called originally about baseball, but it uh, turned into football. I just was too nauseous from watching the game today. Um, but while you're discussing it, obviously you've got to bring up a couple of points. i watched the Giants for uh, many, many, many years, and, of course, they're not as good as the Patriots, but today they had a chance to win. But somehow they still didn't do it. Uh, this was the day that they could have done it because they had the game in their hands they just can't seem to find a way to win the close games and I, I don't know what's going to change, they don't have the defense to um, pull things out like they did you know, in the last Super Bowl against the where they just don't but you know, whether they make the playoffs or not, I don't know if they're going to, but they just don't have the defense to be able to compete on a high level in my opinion, what do you guys think?
1: Well, we'll see. The thing with the Giants is, and obviously I don't think many people thought they were going to win this game today, but it's the way you lose the game that's frustrating as a Giant fan. On paper, if I would have told you before the season, you'll lose to the Patriots, I don't think anyone would be that surprised. It's the fact that they had so many chances. and The thing with the Giants' defense is they're never going to be great. I think they're definitely improved with Jason Pierre-Paul. He helped. He did a good job today. I thought he had a couple quarterback hits on Tom Brady. the biggest thing for the Giants' defense is they're going to have to be able to force turnovers because they're going to give up a lot of yards, a lot of big plays. We saw that again today. Even the special teams unit for the Giants got a little banged up with the Amendola punt return that almost resulted in a touchdown. So for the Giants' defense specifically, they're going to have to be able to force turnovers. The offense should be good. Hopefully after the bye week they get back Victor Cruz, and that should help this offense even more. But for their defense, I just don't think they're ever going to be very good. But what they have to do is force turnovers. They have the number one turnover uh, differential in the NFL going into today's game. So they've been getting a lot of turnovers, and they're going to need to be able to do that the rest of the way if they want to win this division and then go to the playoffs,
0: obviously.
2: Yeah, Bruce. Just, oh, sorry. They still, find ways, to, they still no. find ways to lose, though. Yeah. It's amazing. You, you guys mentioned the four games, that believe, and two minutes to go. That's kind of unheard of. I mean, to lose four games – up with two minutes to go it means your defense is not making the plays. And
1: the
0: clock management for the Giants, yeah, that's too. True. That's what's co- that it cost see- them the first two it weeks. It seems like at the back ends of games, Bruce, that when in the in the, the dog minutes of these football games, the Giants cannot find a way to put teams away. We've seen it happen four times already. And today, is- I, it was really more of the same. I think there was some poor clock management, you know, uh, poor strategic management by the Giants at the back end of the fourth quarter. And you then the Patriots are handed the ball with a minute 48 seconds. Hey, forget about the dropped interception. You get them on fourth down, not one. Having on fourth and ten, you need one stop for a turnover on downs. They can't make it, and the Patriots move down the field to kick a field goal and, yeah. and win the game. Just it seems like this is a trend here when the Giants are in tough games, tight football games at the back end, they cannot seal the deal for whatever the reason yeah. is. It was defense and clock management. We've seen it because of Eli before. It just they can't seal the deal, and if they want to win, you know, not only. Uh, win this division, but have success in, in January, they're going to have to learn how to finish off good teams. They, they, today was a game, you know, Jake said it. You didn't expect them to win. You, you probably said they were going to lose this game, but when you're in the game and you're in the moment and you have a chance to beat the New England Patriots who are 8 0, and you are one play away from doing it, you got to do it. Got to make the play. Absolutely. Uh, Steve in Ithaca wants to talk about Peyton Manning. What's up, Steve?
3: Dude, Peyton Manning has been killing my fantasy team this year. Just killing it hey, he's, well, today. Today was pitiful.
0: It was pitiful. bad. It was bad. He was awful. I mean, five of thirty uh, for for thirty-five yards and four picks. I mean, he was awful. He was just about as bad probably as he's ever been. And it, it's really hard to find that silver lining there on on Peyton Manning going forward. And that's why I say, you know, I said a couple weeks ago that Patriot uh, New England that Patriot Bronco game probably would have been an ideal matchup. But when you can't, when you can't, when you're playing a team like like the Broncos are right now, and they have iffy quarterback play, and that's what Peyton Manning's been this year, 500 quarterback, average to below average, and as far as your fantasy teams concerned, you know, it, I can imagine. I have Andrew Luck on my fantasy team. He's been just as bad, if not worse. So, but today was the worst performance. Five of Peyton twenty, 30 ever had. 35 it was yards, was just four
1: pitiful. interceptions, and this is a guy that he obviously on the downside of his career, but. It's just tough to see it because he was this bad, and Peyton Manning's a guy that we know how good he could be, and to see him, you know, be like this near the end of his career, it's sad to see what's happened to him. And now the Broncos are going to be faced with a decision. You know, this team started six zero. I know Peyton Manning wasn't great when they were you know, winning all these games, I mean, look, but he got on the six and zero.
0: He was so. I mean, I mean, it's one of the, uh, He was so bad
1: today. And even when he was bad this year, he wasn't this bad. No, I mean, no, Manning five of well, twenty. I think
0: we, we, he, when we said he was bad. Or at the beginning of the season, he was bad relative to his
1: standards. It was bad,
0: exactly, right. relative to how great he is as a quarterback. He was, you know, a little above average. He wasn't horrendous. This was, this was Geno Smith, Mark Sanchez at his worst, bad. This was horrendous.
1: This is like Geno Smith against the Bills when he I threw mean, three was, interceptions in his first five passes. This
0: was, this was as bad as it gets. This was as bad as it gets for Peyton Manning, and, and we're not used to seeing Peyton Manning here. And the questions then are brought up: the the thought process of is this it for him? Is this going to be his final go round? Because You know the Broncos uh, want to try to win this thing and go to go back to where they were a couple of years ago and win the AFC and go to a Super Bowl. You know, can Peyton Manning still lead them there? Not just this year, but for the next couple years? I don't know if he can anymore. Not with the way he's played.
1: Well, they have a decision to make. Do you go to Brock Osweiler now? I think you got to go back to Peyton Manning. I mean, I think it's so funny that in the game that he breaks Brett Favre's all-time passing record, he's benched for the first time in his career. That's unbelievable. I mean, this is not just some guy that has had a long NFL career and you know we, it's over for him. I mean, this is Peyton Manning. We're talking about one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. I can make a case that he's the greatest regular season quarterback of all time with some of the statistics that this man has put up in his career. And, you know, as we're watching this Giants game, you'll know, flip on the Red Zone channel. We're, we're seeing what he's doing. and You're seeing the highlights when they go to the game breaks during the, the CBS broadcast today. It was shocking. It really was.
0: It was. Ba- he was just as bad as bad as he's ever been. And Well, he was as bad as he's ever been. And, again, disappointing. I'm a, I love Peyton watching him play. Obviously not against, you know, when he's played against the Jets over uh, the course of his career. But, you know, I always got guy root for Peyton. And it's disappointing to see that he's just played really, especially today, just so pitiful that he had to be benched for Brock Osweiler.
1: 607-274-1842. This is an interesting one. Josh in Johannesburg. South Africa? Josh, what's going on? Good morning, fellas. Good morning from Johannesburg. What time is it yeah, there, what Josh?
2: What time is it out there? It's
1: about 5.48 a.m. You must be tired. What are you doing up? I'm still on New York time. I can't sleep, so I'm
3: just enjoying the beautiful sunrise out here.
1: What brings you to uh, Johannesburg?
3: I was uh, lucky enough to be invited to speak at a TEDx, a TEDx youth at Mill Park, and I'm here speaking about uh, millennials finding their passion.
1: Uh, very nice. I'm glad you're a big sports fan that you're tuning in
0: us.
3: Absolutely. You guys are the best in the business. Well, could I not?
0: we certainly try, but it's nice to have a listener out in uh, Johannesburg. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So what's going on? What's on your mind?
2: What's on my mind? Uh, I want to talk about the Knicks. Uh, I've been a little busy. I haven't been able to follow the Knicks. And uh, I know there was a lot of
3: hot talk about Porzingis, and I want to get your take on his hot start and uh, if you think he can sustain it
0: for the year. Well, I'll tell you what about Chris Zapp's Porzingis, and, you know, the pick got a lot of scrutiny, and rightfully so. I think it was a questionable pick at the time. but And, and the issues rounding him, well, he's not ready to play right now. He's a long-term project. He, ha- he he's, he's not physical enough. He's soft. Uh, he's been anything but soft. I mean, the guy has shown he can play in the NBA, and he can play with the best of them. And I think if you're a Knicks fan, if you're anyone associated with the Knicks, you got to be thrilled with what you've gotten out of Chris Porzingis. And really, this team, they play tough they play physical, and they're pretty relentless. You know, they don't have the talent uh, to compete with the best teams in the National Basketball Association. I understand that. But they're a team that can that, that I think can, can win some games because of how versatile they are and how well they play down the stretch of games. My problem is is the coaching. I mean, Derek Fisher, I gave him the benefit of the doubt last year. But his, some of his subs, some of his decision-making at the in the fourth quarter of games have just been horrendous. And that's where my issue lies with the Knicks right now. It's the coaching. I don't know if I trust Derek Fisher late in the game, you know, to make substitutions. It seems like he's off key. It seems like he doesn't have a feel for his team. And I think in the NBA more so than any other sport. You gotta have a feel for your players and when they are gonna succeed in a ball game, and I don't think Derek Fisher has that. Well,
1: the thing with Porzingis early on, he's definitely been impressive. He has. I mean, everyone. I've been thrilled.
0: I mean, You've got to be thrilled. The, the idea
1: from every Nick fan and every basketball fan out there was that this guy was gonna come in and he was gonna be soft. So the fact that he's averaging you know close to nine rebounds a game as a rookie and he's a double double machine, he's giving you 12 points per game and he's not playing a lot of minutes. You look at what he's doing. He's not always in the game late in the fourth quarter, which comes back to Derek Fisher still tinkering well, with these my, fourth that's quarter my issue.
0: lineups. It's my issue with I'll Derek. give
1: him the benefit of the doubt to an extent that the Knicks have five wins. You know, At this point last year, they were 5-36, and 36. so there is progress. There's more NBA players on this team, but some of the late-game execution has been bad. It's been too much iso ball with Carmelo Anthony, too much double teams coming his way, and the Knicks haven't run the proper place to get out of that and adjust late in games. But I'll say this, because you asked about Prazingis, I think as a Knicks fan, you've got to be thrilled. Considering what everyone thought this kid was going to be, the typical European soft player that would not be able to succeed in New York, he's handled the booze. He's handled everything. He's got a great personality. He's got a really good attitude, which I've been really impressed by as a Nick fan. I think he's a guy that as long as he continues to grow into his body, Stay he's talented. shown you he's going to be a pretty good player in this league. It was a really good pick. It worked out.
0: Yeah, Josh, thanks for the call. Thanks for calling out in Johannesburg. Absolutely, guys. Take care, and thanks so much for what you do for your fans. All
1: right, thanks Josh. So good luck. It. good luck at the talk. The TEDx, it's exciting stuff. Thank you very much, guys. I'll be listening. Take care, all
0: right? All right. Thanks for the call. Josh checking in out in Johannesburg. And, you know, just, you know, just quickly touching on the Knicks. And, you know, I agree with you. I think, you know, just based on what I saw at Derek Fisher last year, I gave him the benefit of the doubt because the roster stunk and we knew what they were trying to do. Uh, I have an issue with it this year. I understand he's trying to find a feel for a team, but it seems like he's just a little uncomfortable. And it seems like this team, their approach, at the, it seems like they play so well and, they, you know, for them, you know, Generally speaking, they play really well the first three three and and a half quarters of the game. And then when we get to the back end of the fourth quarter, you're right. They go a lot of iso ball with Melo. And this team's not going to win if they're relying on Carmelo Anthony to hit those kind of isolated shots. And he's not getting assists and he's not moving the ball around. They're not going to win games and I thought we learned this last year, but it seems like Derek Fisher still caught up with get the ball to Carmelo at the back end of
1: well, game. Well, a couple things with Fisher. One, the Knicks, out of their eleven games they played this season, they're five and six. Nine of those teams have been playoff teams. So for them to have five wins out of the eleven teams no, they faced, they've
0: played extremely well.
1: They've done a they've done a good job, and Fisher deserves credit for that. He's working with a lot of new players. I mean, you look at this roster for the Knicks. Other than Lua Munson, Carmelo Anthony, Langston Galloway, and a handful of others, it's a brand new roster. So it's going to take time for guys to gel and come together as a team, but I think the key for the Knicks is the late-game execution, because they're in these games. The other night against the Cavs, they were in the game. They, they, won. they didn't score down the stretch. No. Carmelo Anthony was outclassed but by a better like- player than LeBron, and they had no answer for LeBron down the stretch, and they had no answer offensively for what they wanted to do. There was too much confusion on both ends of the court, and at the end of the day, the Knicks aren't as good as some of these teams, but if they're able to execute down the stretch... They would have more than five wins, but through 11 games for the Knicks to have five wins against you know all playoff teams they've won against that's a it's well, a it's a well, nice job by again, the Knicks. No,
0: it is a nice job to have five wins and have five wins at this point in the season and think it took them uh, till five and 36 to capture you know their their fifth straight their fifth win last year. So they're, they're uh, immensely improved. But again, it's the approach in the fourth quarter is what I struggle with with this Knicks team and, and what they're trying to do. And I agree with you for whatever reason it seems like there's a lot of confusion. And you're right, in the back end of that Cavs game. They had no answer for LeBron James, and when they got the ball offensively, they had some brutal possessions. They had some terrible possessions, some turnover possessions, um, just you know uh, situations where they, they didn't look comfortable. And going forward, that's something they got to improve on. That's something that Derek Fisher's got to improve on as a coach. And I, th- again, I feel like we're seeing a trend with him, especially dating back to last season, where. You know, he's not the most strategical coach at the back end of the games.
1: Well, let's look at this roster for a second. Derek Williams, he's new. Kyle O'Quinn, he's new. Afalo's new. Grant was drafted. Perzingis was drafted. Galloway's a returner. Or, Clay Anthony Early, who doesn't play much, he's back. Carterone, Carmelo Anthony are obviously back. Lance Thomas was acquired, He whatever he is. He's been decent for them. He's played pretty well. But Sasha Vujicic, you know, no, I mean they uh, got a lot of – Robin Lopez. But you know, you know, they, they, it's, it's going to take time. That's why I'm not going to kill Fisher just yet. But you're absolutely right. The Knicks would have more than five wins that they're able to execute late. But I think that will get better as the team – Will continue to gel. I think they still got to gel. I think they still got to learn how to play together, and Fisher still got to learn how to coach them. So I'm not going to kill the coach just yet because the Knicks being five and six in the East puts them right there in the thick of a playoff on If they could carry that to the rest of the way, they play right around 500. No,
0: absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I'm picking something to just it's a nitpick on with the Knicks. They've played extremely well, and I, you got to be impressed once again to, to the initial caller about Chris Frizengus. Just the fact that he has played so well and he has looked so good so early on in his career. First year here with the Knicks. First twelve games, eleven games, twelve games. He's been impressive, and you got to be happy if you're a Knicks fan.
1: No question about that. Sticking with the Knicks. Howie in Queens. Howie, what's going on? Hey boys, how you doing?
0: What's up, Howie? You
1: know,
3: I, I want to talk about the Knicks right now. I uh, hear you guys are talking.
2: Uh, I just want to say these
0: first the uh, first nine
3: games were tough against playoff teams, but you know, I'm very impressed with this way with the way this team has
2: been has played.
0: No, and we we were talking about that, Howie. You got to be impressed. Based on what you saw last year, the fact that this is a you know, like Jake just said, a new roster for the most part coming in, outside of a few guys, you got to be impressed. And I think the catalyst of, of, of being so impressed and, and is the fact you see the guy you took in the top five, Chris Pastorzingis, has played so well and has looked so mature. That's the most impressive thing out of everything, in my opinion, is the fact that this kid has come in and shown, no, 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 I'm not soft. I'm not the prototypical European. Uh, player and that he could play in the National Basketball Association. Well, another
1: point with the Knicks as well, Carmelo Anthony's coming off you know major surgery on his knees, so he's a guy that you would expect as the season goes on, easy to get better too. He's shown that he's still Carmelo Anthony in certain flashes, and then he's also had games where he has not played well to Carmelo Anthony standards. So I think for the Knicks to get better, obviously they're still going to need to gel as a team but Melo is also going to be a guy that's going to have to carry them, and I think him only averaging 23 points right now tells you all you need to know. He's not back just yet, yeah. but he'll, he'll be get struggling. there. No, no question, and I think he'll get there, so for the Knicks to be 5-6 and six without Melo really playing his best ball, I think that's a good job by Fisher. I know we were just getting on him for some of his late-game uh, execution, and he deserves blame for that, but I'll also give him credit because he has a lot of new players as we just outlined, and he's trying to get this team to gel with his with his best player, his superstar player, coming off major knee surgery that's not easy so early on as a nick fan you got to be impressed with overall what you've seen
3: Absolutely. you got to be impressed. This is the first time in a while that we've seen young talent on this team and we get to watch them develop.
0: Well, I think that's a big thing, and that goes for a lot of reasons, just the fact that the Knicks haven't had that kind of draft pick status for you know, several years.
1: Look reasons. at the Knicks lottery. When was the last time Knicks fans got well, a revered well, lottery the, well, pick? Well,
0: that's the thing. It's not like you take... They never you know, have their picks. Well, that, well, that's a big reason. And Jordan fact, Hill. Jordan Hill, and, and he was such a bust.
2: The star. The star. Jordan, Jordan Hill. Hill. They
0: took him eighth overall, what, in 2008 or whatever the case may be.
2: Awful, yeah. But, but the
0: bottom line is, and how you have... All the reason to be optimistic. You know, this isn't a kid you took in the back end of the second round. Excuse me. This isn't Landry Fields that is, oh, it's a nice spot. Kid's playing nice. This is a guy that can be a cornerstone of your franchise that you took in the top five. And I think he's showing glimpses and he's showing what he can be. And he's not only, he's showing he's ready to go. And I, that was the big question. Well, the big
1: thing the with Porzingis is, hey, what are we going to get out of? He's showing you now that he's already a pretty good player, so he's only gonna get he's also only going to get better as the season goes on. And you made the point, Howie, about young talent. You're absolutely right. I think what you've seen from Grant as the point guard, that's been outstanding, and The bottom line is with this Knicks team, they're playing hard. You know, MSG will support a team that plays hard and plays good defense. Knicks are doing both right now, and even if they're not winning these games, as long as they play hard and give effort, Knicks fans will support them because they see the young talents there, the building blocks are in place, and oh yeah, this team's got $19 million in cap space coming up this offseason to really improve this roster going forward. A lot of money.
0: Absolutely, and that just goes to show you that there is a plan in place, and and, uh, Phil Jackson does have a plan. I know a lot of people questioned... And we thank you for the call, Howie. Really appreciate it. A lot of people have questioned. Um, well,
1: Howie, I think has one more point on uh, something else. Uh,
3: yeah, I do. I, I just want to talk about. I want to talk about the Knicks late. Um, the execution down the stretch. I don't. I don't always like. You know, I like how the ball's is in Melo's hands. We, we don't put him in, in the right situation. We don't run a play. Is what I'm saying.
0: Well, well, that's a good point. That went back to what we were saying earlier: is that it seems like in the late game situations, when the Knicks are on the cusp of winning some of these games. It seems like we revert back to, oh, get the ball to Carmelo, get the ball to Carmelo, isolation game, and he'll win us the game. And it's that can't too much be the, for him. Well, well, I agree with you. I, that can't be the mindset. The mindset's got to be how what, what has gotten us here in this game, and how are we going to finish this game? Instead of let's get the ball to Carmelo, 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 we know how great of a scorer he is, but he has shown that in those types of situations, you know, it, it's often too tough when he's facing that double team.
3: I think today's game is a great example. We didn't force Melo with the ball down the stretch, and we played team basketball, which resulted in the win.
0: Well, the Knicks were able to get a and, then, and the Knicks have
1: a bunch of different guys that in each particular game, you might have a guy that will come out of nowhere and contribute. Lance Thomas a couple of nights ago. Led the way. I think he scored like 23 or 24 points, whatever it was. I mean, today Kevin uh, Serafin did a great job in the post. Had some big buckets late in this game. So the Knicks have had some guys. Even though Quinn is impressed in some games this year, Langston Galloway has been unbelievable when he's been in there, especially late in these games. He's hit a bunch of big shots already this season. So they got some guys that are are they play hard, they play good defense, and now the key is that Przingis to let him continue to develop, let him get better as the year goes on. And Carmelo Anthony, I'll tell you what, by this time next week, I Doubt he's still averaging twenty-three points a game. He's going to figure it out. He's going to get back to being the guy that usually averages close to thirty points a game. When it's all said and done.
3: No, yeah, I completely agree. I think, I think Melo's struggles are, are definitely going to fade away. I, I think this is just you know he's coming back from injury. He's got to get back in game. Well, follow. that's a good
0: point. You know, the guy is coming back from a major knee injury. Thanks for the call, uh, Howie. We appreciate it. He missed all, you know basically half the season last year, um, and that's the and that's what um, and that, was that's that and I think it's going to take him time to find his groove, and I think he will, and I agree his averages will go up. He'll average what he does average, close to 30 points a game, 29, 30 points, but as of right now, if you're a Knicks fan, you got to be pretty happy. Five and six, and they've been in a lot of these games, really sh- could have beaten the Cavs and make a few plays at the back end of that fourth quarter. They beat the Cavs the other night, um, so you got to be impressed with the Knicks. You've got to be happy if you're a Knicks fan that there is a plan, that Phil is showing a plan. And it's coming through fruition early on
1: here. Well, for once as a Knicks fan, I think the the biggest point that Howie made is there's young talent on this roster. There is. Yeah, well, that's, that's you know,
0: huge. And we're not only seeing you know old, washed-up uh, veterans on this roster. Cool. But there's some young talent that can be part of a winning team.
1: Jerry and Grant look like he's a a pretty decent point guard going forward. Chris Dapp, Porzingis, we just talked about him. He's a really solid contributor right now, and who knows what he's going to be when he starts to develop into his body. Mellow's still going to be Mellow, even though he's 31 years old. He still has some good years left in him. So, this team is going to be pretty good. they got to add to it in the offseason, and these young guys have to continue to develop. But Phil Jackson did a nice job. You know, even though he didn't get the Lamarcus Aldridge of the world or the Greg Monroe's, who the Knicks apparently went after hard, he got guys that could play defense, guys that will play hard, and guys that fit in the offense the Knicks are running. And they just got to clean up the late game execution, and they'll win a lot more games.
0: Well, and, and I think that's the case. And, you know, you said a new roster. Uh, A lot of new talent on this team, a lot of new pieces, uh, and a young head coach. So, you know, all those things have to really come together, uh, and I think that has a lot to do with their fourth-quarter struggles. But as far as Derek Fisher's concerned, he's finally getting a chance with some young talent.
1: And that was the point I was going to make. One more uh, point about the Knicks before we throw it to break, and, Dan, it's kind of what you were just saying. You know, last year, Derek Fisher, it was his first year as a coach, much did was put up in a position where they weren't going to win. Exactly. I mean, the Knicks started off so poorly with a a new coach, a lot of guys that were going to be free agents, that didn't buy into what was going on, and they blew up the roster. And you're not going to judge Derek Fisher based on the talent that he had by the end of it. He's not the reason why they only won 17 games. So even though he was a rookie last year, this is really his first full year where he's actually got some of his players in there that are going to be running his system that he's teaching from the start, that he had a whole offseason to go over with some of these guys. So... I think you look at Derek Fisher and he's a work in progress. Do I think he's going to be a great NBA coach? To be determined. I don't know. I can't answer that yet. But I think there's been some things that you could say you like about what he's done, and there's some things that you know that he's going to have to work on. But overall, for the Knicks to be five and six with the talent, with the talented teams that they played, you know, nine of them of their first eleven have been in the playoffs the previous year. You got to be you got you got to be happy with where the Knicks are right now.
0: Definitely encouraging signs going forward for the Knicks. 5 and 6. I don't think you could ask for much more from Knicks fans. You're listening to the Aspen and Budic show there right
1: here on VIC Radio. All right, we're back uh Jake Asher and Dan Budic here on the Asman and Budic show taking you until midnight. And one of the things I wanted to talk about Dan was former Jet great Mark Sanchez chucked into the game today.
0: I was so happy he gets a chance. I love watching. I hope he does well. I really think he's better than Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford stinks. I hate this. The Eagles might give him $54 million in the offseason. We could get a first-round pick for him. He stinks. He hasn't shown prior to this season that he could play in the NFL and be and, and stay healthy and be a good quarterback, and I don't think he's shown anything else this year. Got hurt today. He's and what, ACL sp- a- 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 MCL sprain?
1: No, well, he had x-rays were negative um, on his shoulder. Oh, shoulder. But he oh, has a okay, concussion, so we don't know how long he's going to be out for, potentially.
0: Say, I think they said it could be a week, could be three weeks, could, could be back next week. So we don't
1: know. But you know, Sam Bradford, he was playing better. The Eagles were playing better as a team, but just a bad loss today. But again, yeah, I know we love Mark Sanchez, but he came into this game today and threw a really bad interception that cost them. You know, his interception was inside uh, the 20 yard line. Just a brutal play that you can't make there. They ended up losing by one, so we cost them at least a field goal. They, they lose just 120 to 19. Run the ball.
0: The Eagles just can't run
1: the nah, ball. No, and like you look at the Miami Dolphins, they're four and five. They're nothing special. This is the game the Eagles got to win at home. You'd think Philadelphia would win, but Sam Bradford was playing well before he got hurt today, 19-25 for 236, so even though I think Mark Sanchez might still be just as good of a quarterback, if not better, than Bradford, today Sam Bradford was doing pretty well. He gets injured, Sanchez comes in, doesn't look like he was ready to play, 14-23, 156 and threw that huge interception at the end of this one. And. The Eagles at home lose to the Miami Dolphins, and all of a sudden, the Jets at five and four are only one game better than Miami. Jets must beat the Houston Texans next Sunday. Uh, it's
0: a must-win for the Jets. We spoke about that already, but um, well, we, we talked about that uh, last week. That you can't lose to a team like the Houston Texans, no. especially after losing to the New England Patriots uh, and barely beating the Jacksonville Jaguars last Sunday. You mean the Bills? Up uh, uh, well. No, 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 sorry. Losing to the Buffalo Bills. I and mean, they lost to the Patriots anyway, so yeah. Losing to the Patriots a few weeks ago, and then losing to, in the fashion you did to the Jacksonville, and uh, beating the Jacksonville Jaguars barely. Yeah, you can't keep losing
1: the teams in the AFC. No, you if like, you're trying to fight for a wild card, it's going to come back and hurt especially
0: you. Especially in these tight games, it's a must-win uh, coming up against the Houston Texans. They're a better team. they got to take advantage. But going back to the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm not a big Bradford guy, but you're right. He did play pretty good today, you said, 19-25, two thirty six and a touchdown. And the problem with Mark Sanchez is that Sanchez hasn't gotten a lot of guys. not got any reps? I mean, the guy hasn't played much at all this year, if if any at all. He wasn't terrible. 14 to 23, buck 56, but through that big interception and couldn't they couldn't make the play at the end of the game uh, to to continue that drive and try to push for a field goal. And again, you know, with, with issues at quarterback and you don't know what Sam Bradford's status is, they need to be able to run the football. Today, DeMarco Murray, 22 carries, 61 yards. His longest run was 13 yards. They need more out of him. That's why they brought him in, to be that big running back. He hasn't shown much. And as a running game, they haven't been able to establish the run at all this season. Outside outside
1: of a couple games from DeMarco Murray, Murray. he's been nothing what they thought they were getting. uh,
0: Yeah, money down the drain, it looks like, through the first nine weeks of the season. We knew he
1: was going there from the start.
0: We did. That's right. (laughs) But the bottom line is, they did not... um, They didn't make enough plays. I mean, they didn't make enough plays at the end of the game to win. They had an opportunity to get get it to within a field goal, um, with a field goal range to try to win the game. And with the Giants losing, the Eagles could
1: have made up ground in the division. Could have retook the the first-place lead with the Giants. Would have been tied. The game at hand. They They beat them.
0: Absolutely. Would have been huge, but they weren't able to do it. And, and again, the Philadelphia Eagles are just an average football team. They they don't seem to do anything really well. You know, uh, again... They got to be able to run the football, especially if Mark Sanchez is going to be their quarterback going forward. They have to be able to run the football um, effectively because we've what we've seen and everyone has seen that if Mark Sanchez is a one-dimensional quarterback, he's gonna he's gonna struggle. He's not gonna do very good. They have to be able to run the football. They brought in Demarco Murray to replace uh, LaShawn McCoy after trading him to the Buffalo Bills to run the football. He was a the, he was one of the best rushers in the NFL. They only year, had 61 yards today. And he only had 61 yards on 22 carries. He's got to do better than that that he have to run the ball better than that, especially if Mark Sanchez is going to be their quarterback. Mark Sanchez cannot throw the ball 45 times a game. He's good. You're going to lose every time. He's shown he cannot do that. He's the type of guy with a balanced running attack, good offensive line, he could succeed. If they're not running the football well, Mark Sanchez is going to struggle. And going forward, if he's their guy for the next couple weeks, if they're not establishing that run game, I don't know how they're going to win.
1: You're right about that. I mean, You look at this team overall, and you look at how the Eagles are built, they're built to try and win these games by running the football, setting up play action, and then taking some deep shots downfield. Listen, they traded away uh, their best wide receiver, is Jeremy Macklin. Well, they didn't re-sign him. And he went to the Chiefs. Back, yeah. you know They got rid of uh, their arguably their best running back and their best playmaker, and Lashawn McCoy to the Bills. And they traded away Nick Foles because they thought Sam Bradford was the best type of quarterback available to them to run you know, the offense they're trying to run in Chip Kelly's system. The Eagles being 4-5 and has got to be a big disappointment. They were starting to get things together. They won a big game against Dallas last week. But they shouldn't be Dallas. Dallas is without Tony Romo. And, I mean, don't even start in the Dallas Cowboys. They've I mean, lost they seven straight. Give Tony Romo the MVP award.
0: Yeah, right. He chose, he's so valuable. They heck, it can't score at all. They just can't. And this division is so bad um, that, you know, 7-9, and 8-8 eight eight might win it. Hey, realistically, it might win it. Sticking with the NFC, switching to the NFC North. Green Bay Packers lost a really brutal game today. They've lost at, three straight games. At Lambeau Field, a place where Detroit hasn't won since 91, you got to be able to win that game. Bad job by the Green Bay Packers today. you got to be able to win that football game. And they just didn't they didn't make any plays today. They couldn't do it. And they had some bad turnovers. And Aaron Rodgers just didn't make the big plays at the end of the game to win. And somehow the Detroit Lions won this football game.
1: The Minnesota Vikings are maybe the quietest 7-2 team ever. No one talks about them. That's right. Very quietly, Adrian Peterson runs for over 200 yards today. He and for 203. I think some, something like that. Real today. And, and he ran all, all over the Oakland Raiders.
0: And that game was in Oakland.
1: Yeah, and they're at 7 and 2. You know, 7 and 2 football team. The, and the Green Bay Packers have lost three straight. And I think the biggest thing with that division, there's still two games at hand that those two teams have to play against one another. The Packers and the Vikings still play two more times. They haven't played yet this year. So Very that division will be decided in those games. But, Dan, we were talking about this on the show a couple of weeks ago. We didn't think any team was going to beat Green Bay. They were playing so well. Now they've lost three
0: straight. And, well, really, today was just brutal. I mean, you, inexcusable, in my opinion. You lose to a team that's 1-7? Come on. I mean, the, the Lions stink. And, and, the, and the Green Bay plays so well at home. The Lions are awful. They're awful. I mean, they just fired their GM and president. They're terrible. The Lions are terrible. It's an inexcusable loss for the Green Bay Packers. At home, you can't lose that football game. When you're in a tight race for the division, and now you're a game back of the Vikings, and you said they haven't met yet. They still have two games to go. You got to be able to win this game. You can't lose to bad teams in the National Football League.
1: Now, Dan, did you happen to see Ronda Rousey lost last night?
0: Uh, yeah, I heard about it. Right after
1: Did you see happened. the the vines, the videos of her getting knocked out? Yeah,
0: it was brutal. She looked. I mean, she looked like she almost got her head. Now, this off. is
1: someone that's supposed to be unbeatable.
0: Yeah, she actually commented about it today. She said, "I'll be fine." You know, I appreciate everyone's concern, but
1: Seattle so, yeah, is going for so, two, two, by the way, going for
0: the two point conversion. But very disappointing loss for Ronda. R- I mean, I thought, I really thought she she won her last fight in 13 seconds.
1: But speaking of Ronda Rousey, our next call actually wants to talk about it. So that's why I brought it up. Kyle in Long Island, Kyle, what's going on?
3: What's up, guys? How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, Kyle, so, you sound awfully uh, familiar. I might be. Uh, what, it what, you, be. What, what did you think of Rousey's
0: loss last night?
3: Um, you know, going into it, you know, I, I said this this going to be you know the girl to do it. I said Holly would be the one that would be able to take the you know take the crown and take the championship from her just because. She's a, a, a pro boxer, and she's someone that if she can stand and stay up long enough, so let me get this right: you Ronda. predicted that she would lose. I had a good feeling that Ronda would lose. Yes, this was—I had a feeling this. But
1: was you didn't think it actually one. would happen. You thought it might.
3: I did
0: not think I, it would happen. I gotta but be I said honest it, with you. This would be the one. Kyle, I gotta be honest with you. I—I I don't watch any UFC. I'm not a big fan. But, you know, I do know from what I hear that Ronda Rousey is this goddess of, of, of ultimate fighting challenge. And challenge. starring in entourage movies. Yeah, you know, she's in the entourage movie. And, and, and just to see her lose or to hear about her losing, I was a little disappointed. I was disappointed. Now, when is a realistic chance, I mean, for this title shot, for a title a, a rematch? I know she commented today she's going to take some time off, you know, heal up. Uh, and uh, hopefully she gets a title shot soon. I hope so. I want to see her to win back that title. I'm a big Ronda. R- I out of all the the women in UFC, I got to admit, Ronda Rousey the, the one I know the most because of the fact that she was in the Entourage movie. She was in the Entourage movie. Well, yeah, she's
3: she's the best. You know, she's the best to ever do it. Well, I, well, that's but... what I'm
0: saying. Is, wh- what's the deal with a, t- a rematch? Is, is when's she going to get that chance? I know, uh, you know, Dana White commented on it. Uh, Dana White the. President of, uh, of Ultimate Fighting Challenge (UFC) commented on it uh, after the match. That you know, Rhonda's going to get her rematch, but and she's doing fine, which is good. Her health is fine, but she's going to get a rematch eventually, and that's going to be a must-see fight. That's going to be a must-see uh, matchup.
3: Yes, I mean, it's going to be a great matchup. You know, I, I, I'm going to say, it, like I said before, I thought this would be the one, and I thought, and I, and that uh, Hollywood out and should be able to do it. Now, will she get a rematch? Most likely, it's most likely going to happen. I think Dana and the Matchmakers are going to we're going to set it back up tap around two for this, like you know, like they could do it all the other it's sites. It's got to be at
0: the Garden. Well, well, that's got to be at the Garden, baby. We like, would love to
3: see it at the Garden. Why isn't
1: I, it legal yet? I mean, you're a big not, UFC guy, Kyle. Well, why because, isn't it legal?
3: Because New York doesn't like have anything legal. It's just the people in New York, you know,
0: fighting It should be legal. legal. It needs and, to be at the Garden. If it's a real... If we it's want a real Chris Weidman
3: sport, and John
1: Jones Bones fighting at the Garden.
0: If it's a real sport, a real arena sport. It needs to be at the Garden. It needs to be at Madison Square Garden, in my opinion. We gotta get. It's gotta become legal in New York State. It's gotta be at the Garden. It's, is it legal in Jersey? That is legal. It in is Jersey. legal in New Jersey. Jersey yes. most, do- that's the closest thing you can get if you want to go watch a UFC So where are Is, they, is it the Prudential Center? They have the
3: fight. The
1: Prudential Center.
3: Prudential wow. Center. Uh, the, I think I believe is or most are, yeah. Okay. So, put, I mean, they put, they uh, the put the card. rematch
1: at uh, MetLife Stadium
3: Oh, that'd be great a little, little That'd be crazy was, That also would be great I mean, the, the past fight was They had just had It was in Australia And
0: they had you know, I think it was Where was, 90, it I I mean, it was it last time? I mean, here's the it thing though Australia. It was in Australia last yeah. time. Did, yep. did, uh, did our last caller go That call from Johannesburg? No, it, it was Oh, in oh that's South Africa
1: Damn. Yeah, Johannesburg is nowhere I, I near little, Australia
0: I had a little brain That's South Africa I had a little brain We're going to get that
1: tape And cut that off I had a
0: little brain fart there I had a little brain fart there, but either way, I mean, I, I it was in Australia last night? I, I didn't even know. For all I knew, it was in Vegas. I don't know. I don't watch this stuff. You know,
3: well, UFC is a great thing. A lot of people I, are I, starting to watch it, but you know, if you don't like it, you don't like it. But no, like, you know, I like... Um, like I said. I like, uh, well,
1: I, I know you're a big UFC guy. I like guy. Weidman. Well, we like Weidman because we're guy. from Long Island. And it, it was cool watching uh, his latest fight at a sports bar over the summer and, some of his family members were there, his cousins and aunt and uncles. They were there watching, so that was cool. But I'll say this: When's John Bones Jones gonna fight? I know he was suspended. I know well, he,
0: he's been reinstated. He's been
1: reinstated. reinstated. He's he, back he now. He's coming back. What's the deal he's with him? Because he's from Ithaca, back. so the and local a, audience he, cares he, he about he him. A, he's gonna get a title
0: rematch. It's gotta be his first fight, right? Yeah, he against uh, Cormier. He's gonna come back. It's gonna be in the next. I would like to guess. Actually, the
3: next few few months, I say they'll, they'll get something set up. I'm See, hoping. that's my problem here with I UFC. I say I
0: say by the spring we, we, see, we see an appearance this, this from is, from this Jones. Is, this is my personal problem here with UFC. It's like. It's just like you, you like these fighters, and they fight once a year. It's like I just, I can't get into that. They don't fight once a well, year. Like,
3: well, they fight twice or three times a year. Okay, so three times. I, just, I, can't get in, in my,
0: I can't get into that. They fight twice or three times a year. They well, play. you have
1: to be a guy that's into the event of no, the UFC. Yeah, you like, got to like, like the sport. Like, like, for instance, I like, like fighters, but I'm not going to watch every UFC exactly, event.
0: Exactly. Like what I'm saying is I can't get into it when you know I like a few fighters, and they fight, like you said. You know, twice or three times a well, year. Well, this is
1: Rhonda's, uh, getting back to her, Rhonda, because well, that's what we started. fought start... a couple months ago, Well, right? she fought when I was in Texas over the summers. That was uh, late July or
3: early August. It was, like, August 1st she fought. It's
0: okay, so a couple so, months. Rhonda's
3: able to fight multiple times a year. because well, she wins her fights in 12 she seconds. She finishes her fights in 30 her seconds.
0: La- her, last, her, last fight was, her last fight, I, I believe, was long enough to be an Instagram video. That's right. It was. on the Instagram video. You can check it out. I, I mean, it was ridiculous. That's why you know, she doesn't sweat, and here she loses. I'm, I was very surprised she She doesn't sweat. Just as well. Last night she she
3: took a beating. Well, yeah, she, she she completely dominates. And now this is you know finally it happened. You know all the greats do come down. You saw Silver was taking down. Now Ron is taking down. Twice Silver was taking down twice by Weidman. So, you know. When's
0: Weidman fight
3: again? Weidman's fighting uh actually coming up very soon next month.
1: Who's he fighting? Am I might be home for this. What what who's the, he, who's what, he what fighting?
3: Day? Uh. I believe you should be home for this. It's, uh, Isn't it it's, December
1: seventeenth? If I remember off the top of my head, his next fight.
3: It is. It is around that time, correct? Wait, who, correct. Is, who is he fighting? He is going to fight uh, Luke Rockle Is he, a great fight?
0: Who's who is the guy that won over the summer? That beat. Um, McGregor, he? right? McGregor. Oh, McGregor. Yeah, he started a lot like, of controversy yeah, in like, my yeah. friend group. McGregor, oh, the, McGregor. What a guy. McGregor? The, the, um, you know, whatever. The so the SOB, he, guy what? Then, yeah. I see. I'm so confused with all these champions. What is he the his champion division. of? His division. What division his is division. he? Like, Which one is uh, he? He is, I believe, a welterweight, I believe. Okay, there's okay, and what? Wideman is. There's these, heavyweight, his heavyweight, light
1: heavyweight, uh, and Seattle just scored as we were talking. Another defensive score.
0: Was that fumble? I uh,
3: just tripped that
1: ball once again, another one. Add, add oh, of Pete football. Carroll's going nuts, and, I mean, oh, Seattle boy. needed this win at 4-4, four and, four yeah, and I mean, looks, what what now 29-25 pending the, the next point.
0: What
1: did we say they were point. down? 17-6? 17-9. 17-9.
0: Oh, 19-7. 19-7, 19-7. We've got to get it right. 19-7. 19-7 we they were down, but going back to UFC a little bit. So, the Ronda Rousey, which title did she just give up?
3: She won- the woman's bantamweight title is now belongs
0: to Holly Holm. Oh, okay. uh, the bantamweight title. And what's right. the other women women classification? Because I know the straw you know, weight. Straw weight. What? Who is the who is the champion of the strong weight? Who is that? That would be Joanna. is it the heavyweight? is strong weight? Really complicated. It's a strong. If you, you said strong weight, right? Straw, like a straw. Oh, straw. Like, I don't straw, know what the heck's going straw on. Yeah, I don't know. Straw weight? See, like I don't. I can't follow this. This is, this is ridiculous. I like listening to Joe Rogan on the sidelines. Give
1: his expert analysis. Well, he wears, let me ask something, Kyle. You're a UFC guy. Joe Rogan. You know, the guy yeah, wears a black button down shirt to every event. Does he watch it or he's got multiple shirts?
0: I mean, he has to have multiple And I have a, think, a problem right? with the arena. Now that we say, the, they don't wear shoes. It's disgusting. What do you mean? I, like, I find it they, but it's like so many people are walking around barefooted you get a fungus or something, it's disgusting. I find you it disgusting. You know, going to have them wear shoes and have them kick No, nah, I the understand that, shoes? but, like, I always found it very weird. There's blood in the ring, and then people walking around barefoot. I never want to walk around that's barefoot. That's I mean, they're, they're not going to wear boots? No, no, no I, I, I mean. understand that, but it's just like, I find it so <laughs> gross that they're all walking around barefoot in this the arena. I know they, they got a Of course they got are to but I understand that, but I just find it disgusting that they're all walking on this mat barefoot. Yeah, with it is. Blood. I mean,
3: yeah, I, yes, it is.
0: But, like, you know, it, it's...
3: It's, it's, a, it's a warrior it's sport. It's a warrior sport, you know? You see these guys, they get beaten the crap out of, they're bleeding profusely out of their heads, and you it look, people think it's barbaric. Some people like it's it. It's not barbaric.
0: I like it. I'm just I'm not a fan.
1: But, Kyle, kind of to wrap it all up, because I know uh, the local audience cares about John Jones because he's from Ithaca, and we've actually seen him out a couple times in my uh, three years now at Ithaca College, i, I bumped into he's him in the comments. So I know I know he's he's from the area, and he's been keeping a low profile, but now he's reinstated. When can we expect John Jones Bones, or John Bones Jones? John
0: Bonesy Jonesy. When can we expect When is he going to be When's back? When is he coming back?
3: I think you should expect him back. Between sometime in the spring, early summer, so, so that, I say something there. So, make so a there should be
0: an announcement then for this fight for a fight soon with Bones. We should be. We yeah, should be on the I, lookout. I think
3: you'll get an announcement sometime in January, February, and they'll try and set something up for late spring, early summerish, maybe. for listening to the Asmund and Budick podcast. Make sure you
1: go
2: onto iTunes and subscribe to the show.